Welcome to Fort Washington, Sue Klein, and April in the So, in Hey, Hallie, you are Thanks for I had to know that there's a God in heaven that loves me. That no matter where my walk ends and no matter where I end up at, there's a God in heaven that loves me. Because if the devil can convince me that God don't love me, my faith will be a shipwreck. As I was sitting around spending time with God, he said, Sue, you will know my love for you by my sacrifice. Sue, you won't know my love for you because I know you. You won't know my love for you because I brought you out of a bad situation. You will know my love for you because of the sacrifice I done made for you. Because see, when he comes down to it, it's like what Shay said. Am I believing God for a miracle? Yes, I am. Yeah, and there's been a lot of people that I've watched die, but I'm still believing God for my miracle. But can I tell you something? If I don't get my miracle, I get him. I still get him. I can't face, I can't face his love for me off of a miracle. You see, so many times that's what we want to do. We want to face if God loves us or not, if he does something good for us. And you know what? We're raised that way. We really are. We raise our children that way. We don't mean to, but we do. And God wants you to know tonight, the sacrifice that he made over 2,000 years ago is why that Mitzi is sitting at his feet today. If he had not made that sacrifice, she would have still died of cancer. Can I tell you something? That's a curse that's in the world. And yes, he came to break the curse. But let me tell you something. If he had not came and made the sacrifice and hung on the cross for us, that we might be saved, she would have still died. I would still have cancer. And I may still die. But can I tell you something? I don't have to go to a devil's hell because of it. Because of the sacrifice that he made, I can live again. Amen? Do I want to die? No, sir, I don't. I want to live. Do I believe I'm going to live? Yes, I do. I've got promises that God's made to me. I've got too many things in my life. Me and Shady's got a ministry to run together. God's promised us that. But I can tell you one thing. If I do die, there's a heaven that I can go to now because He died for me. He made that sacrifice. That is love. That is the true love of God. See, we look at God as love as though He's going to fix my problems. No. The true sacrifice he made is when he spread his arms and he died there on that cross by himself. There was nobody there cheering him on. And he said, I'm going to die. If I don't die for nobody but Sue, I'm going to die for her. And he done that. So the, the bad, do I still believe in miracles? Oh, yeah. I pray for people and pray for people. And I've seen people die. But I'm going to tell you something. There's going to come a day that we're going to pray. And you're going to sing. And we're going to see cancer fall off of people. Amen. 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 How many believe that? How many believe that we still serve God that can still heal, that can still deliver, that can still set free? Come on, worship Him.
It is ringing within my spirit of the hope that we have. The hope in him that we have. As I come in, I see Shay just do it. And I was a wreck. And I told mama, I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach. And her mom up here and her brother. And what a selfless act. That I see that you all are going through one of the most darkest times in your life. And it was just like Jesus on the cross when he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That selfless act that he poured out on that cross that touched so many. And I feel the Spirit of God all over me right now because what I witnessed tonight was an act of true love just like Jesus.
see how the boat was filling with water. Sometimes we've got to take a step back from what we see. It's moments like what we did tonight that was true spiritual warfare. When we begin to say, I believe in you, but everything in your mind is telling you that you don't. It's when everything in your mind, is this just religion? But you choose to say, I believe in you. Did you feel when the anointing came in the room? Why? Because your words have power. Your words come. You can't doubt him and say and speak about faith at the same time. If you're speaking, I believe in you, how many times did you think, I doubt you? You didn't. What we did tonight was spiritual warfare in its finest. Where the enemy tries to play on our feelings and our emotions, but we prophesy out of our mouth, I believe in you. Come on, it may have been a rough year. But I believe in you. Amen. It may have been a rough last week. But God, I believe in you. God, I may have just lost something. But I believe, as I begin to see these people and their faith, I believe in you. I thought, how pleased God is. When I begin to see my mama begin to raise her hands. And her last week couldn't even get out of the bed. I thought, my God, this is spiritual warfare. When I see her come to church and she leaves better, I think spiritual warfare. And right now she's probably sitting there thinking, okay. Heard it, sister. I love her. So all of a sudden, they begin to see the boat filled with water. And all of a sudden, the anxieties begin to come on them. Oh, oh my God, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What's Jesus going to do? Because the miracle is not in your ability. The miracle is in His. And when you walk away from you and take a hold of Him, that's when all things become possible. All of a sudden, when you walk away from the report, when you walk away with the judge said, come on, I've seen God do miracles. I've seen judge sign orders that you could they could not get their children back. And I've seen the eraser from heaven come and begin to wash over that and say, I can do all things. Eat does not stop me. See, when you take Jesus by the hand, you just keep on walking. You're going to the other side. But I heard the Lord in the beginning of the service. You tell those people that feel like that their boat is sinking. And the waves are going to overtake them. And they're going to drown halfway there. You tell them that I'm speaking to the storm tonight. Peace be still. I'm speaking to the roar in their minds tonight. Peace be still. I'm speaking to the doubt tonight. Peace be still. Come on, that storm was fierce and that storm was loud. But our God is with the voice of triumph coming in the room and he's speaking to the storm and he says, peace be still. We've got a job to do. We've got a journey to go. And I said, we're going to the other side. Some of you need to know you're going to make it to the other side. All of a sudden, they ran to Jesus and they said, Master, we are perishing. Where are you at? That's been my heart cry for the last few weeks. It's very touchy. I see I'm in the boat. And I see the water, and I see the waves, and I hear the roar of what the enemy would say. But tonight I say, I believe in you. I believe in you. And I'm saying, Master, where are you? And he said, April, I'm coming. I'm coming. The Lord spoke to me. I felt like that about a thousand people in my life had cancer. What, two years ago? Every every person, everybody in my in our life felt like that they had 
kids up. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And they died. But then I have the hope of Jesus that it's, I'm a winner either way. But I said, Lord, where are you? Because the boat is filling up. And I heard God say, Veronica, the Lord gave me a message, and I'm not going to go all the way into it, but in Acts chapter 12, it's a great chapter to read. Jesus had great friends. He had his disciples. He had the crowds. But then he had his three. Peter, James, and John. And those three went places that the twelve didn't go. They'd done things with Jesus that the others didn't. It was that inner circle that was closest to him. And in James chapter 12, Herod had risen up the enemy was using him to cut off the disciples and to kill. And all of a sudden, James, the one closest to Jesus, Herod killed. And the word says that he seen that it pleased everyone that he killed him, so he set off to kill Peter too. He threw Peter into prison. And in John, or in Acts chapter 12, not only this time, Peter had already been thrown into prison once. And he escaped. But this time he made sure to have him in underneath maximum security. Here we see that James, one of the closest ones of Jesus' friends, had just been murdered. He died. But it says the church didn't give up. That's not what the verse says in Acts chapter 12. It says the church then prayed earnestly, fervently. Why? Because James died, but they was going to war for Peter. There may have been some things in your life that you've been discouraged with. There may be some things in your life that you've given up hope on. But just because your James died, you got to pray for Peter. Tonight I see. As Shay began to hand out those flowers for Mitzi, I heard the Lord say, and the legacy lives on. Oh, wow. Come on. And the legacy lives on. Mm. And then all of a sudden, what's your daughter's name? She'll be. My God, she'll be the anointing that you have. You are soft-spoken, but there is a roar that comes out of your mouth every time you speak or sing a word. And that's why the enemy is at war for your faith, because the captives will be set free. Wow. You all are here. Go tell, go tell John that the dead are being raised. Oh, and they, the deaf are hearing. Oh, and the sight's coming back to the blind. When we get in those moments of do we really believe, oh, you go tell them that miracles are still happening. That's what's happening. Tonight as I seen you up there and I heard a shake of this and I was just a wreck over there. I was trying my best not to disrupt service because I was sobbing. I thought, well, I'm going to have to just go back to the Tahoe and just cry. Because it was so good. It was, and it's just so touching for me. But I have hope that as I seen and heard the Lord say the legacy lives on, Mitzi may have died, but it will not be in vain. Yeah. I seen a family going to war and saying a legacy will live on. And in the name of Jesus, <coughs> and
and in honor of Mincy. We're going to do everything that we can to take the head off of cancer. I've seen a family rising up in prayer and in prophesying. And I'm telling you by faith, the size of a mustard seed, God said, I'm coming, Shane. I'm coming. And Mitzi will enjoy what you walk in. All of a sudden we see in Acts chapter 12, James had died, but the church went to war. We thought, it's enough. The church said, it's enough. Not another one shall be lost. Not another one shall be lost. All of a sudden, I see them go to war tonight. See, war looks different. Everything in the kingdom is opposite to everything in the world. If you want to gain your life in the kingdom of heaven, you must lose it. And so all of a sudden, I see and she began to hand out these beautiful bouquets of flowers. I seen the enemy terrified. Mm. And you know why? Because you've not given up. No, you've not. The enemy may be at war, Shelby. And he may be speaking all kinds of smack. But Jesus is coming. And he says, peace. Be still. Amen. I'm coming. And all of a sudden we see in the book. Are you alright? Okay. You get Oh, it says, Lord, you told us in Mark that anything 
anything that we give up for your name's sake. God, that we would get a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the lifetime to come eternity. There's two promises there. And so, Lord, we pray even harder, God, that we would see a breakthrough, miracle, power move in the land of the living. That not one more be taken in the name of cancer, but that we would chop the head of Goliath off in this land. And we would say, no more. With four guards standing around him. And not only he escaped. I use mama as this example. But sometimes you can use you. Sometimes whenever we feel like we got free for a period of time. But we didn't get filled up with the spirit of God. It says that he cleans out that place. And the enemy flees. But he comes back seven times harder. Because if you don't get filled up with the spirit of God. You can never overcome your demons. Come on. <laughs> because they come coming back. And not only are they coming back, but they're coming back with vengeance. Oh, you thought you cast us out, but if you ain't connected to the power source, you have no power. <laughs> See, I got set free and living in jail. No. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't feel with the Holy Ghost. And see, I left that jail with great intention, Shay. I had every intention of the world. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. I'm going to sing like I was, you know, all my pain, less by Jesus. I didn't know if I believed in all that speaking dumb stuff. And all of a sudden, the enemy had to go. Because when you're close to Jesus, he can't stay. And that my close to Jesus was when I was locked up. Yours may be in a recovery home. I was in a home. I did good when I lived with mama. But when I got out, I was in heaven. But all of a sudden, whenever I got out, my good intentions got me nowhere. Within two weeks, I was back at the dope man's house. What's up? I'm bored. It come back with vengeance, shame. And I lost my children again. But when I got filled with the Spirit, everything changed. Why? Because the person who has power over those demons is living on the inside of me. That's why I can lay hands on you and they got to go. Why? Because the Spirit on the inside of me has authority over that Spirit on the outside of you. So all of a sudden, I can even use mama as an example. you got to get filled up with the Spirit of God or you ain't going to be able to do this. You need to know that up front. That the miracle's not in your ability. The miracle's in His ability and you connected to Him. you got to stay connected. Because apart from me, the Word says, you can do nothing. But when you're connected to me, your life will bear fruit. You're eating my fruit right now of the life that I have with Him because I'm connected to the one true living God. And then the same with mama. Doctor comes, tells her she's got cancer. The Lord healed her of a massive tumor. Tumor. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it went from being healed to you've got stage four breast cancer. And it'll be coming back with vengeance. Oh, but God said when the enemy comes in like a flood, right. yes. I'm going to raise a standard. Right. And may we do it in the name of Jesus Amen. and in honor of Mitzi. Yes. Yes. Just like what we honor Mitzi's life, happy Mother's Day to you. I believe one day, Shay, you're going to say happy healing to you in the name of Jesus and in honor of my sister yes. Mitzi. Yes. She will live on. She will not be forgotten. She will not be a statistic. But she's going to be a miracle worker by the side of you. So all of a sudden we see in Acts chapter 12, Peter done escape. Once he's like, yeah, brother, yeah. Who thought you got me? Jesus, we broke out. I'm going 
on the run. I just saw you. And all of a sudden, he's locked up again. Mm -hmm. And this time, the enemy makes it harder. This time, he just don't throw him in a prison. This time, he puts guards around him. And then all of a sudden, on the outside of the door, he's got guards standing there. Then on the outer court, he's got guards standing there. Peter, you ain't going nowhere this time. Some of you, the enemy's got you hedged in on every side saying, buddy, you ain't going nowhere this time. I got you locked in. But all of a sudden, the church went to war. And then all of a sudden, there was angels that was released. And it says the angel come into the prison where Peter was. And Peter had fallen asleep. So the, Peter, the, the angel was trying to wake Peter up. And he was just he was asleep. Why? Because he had got to be done. He thought, there's no way I'm going to have this one. But because the church prayed. Can I tell you something? You all have people praying for you every single day. Every day someone's lifting your name up to God. And because of that, the Lord's sending angels to help bring you out of places that you can't break out of. And all of a sudden it says that the, the angel didn't just rouse him up. It says the angel struck Peter. Wake up. Get up and get your shoes on. This isn't your end game. You're not going to end like what James did because I still got work for you. Some of you did die of drug overdoses because the Lord is supposed to be found in the kingdom. Some of you, you got people dying all around you. You got people that's OD'ing every single day. Why do you keep living? Because God ain't done with you. I used to ask myself, I have people overdosing every day. And, and the people that sit in the last time that I got locked up, uh, I, there was three of us in the car, and one of them is dead today because they OD'd after. Why? Why did I not? I had three drug overdoses only to just keep coming back, and I was praying to die. God just let me die. I'm tired of being in this prison state. I'm tired of being locked away. I'm tired of looking at these walls. But why did I believe it? Because somebody was praying for Why are you here today? Because grandma been saying some prayers for you. Why are you still surviving what you're going through right now? Because Shay Maddox has been praying for you. Why are some of you still here today? Because you got somebody earnestly lifting you up to Jesus saying, I believe in him. Don't let him go yet. I think I'm in a dream. Some of you feel like you're in a dream right now. How did I survive? Because you got work to do. And the enemy hates you. He is out to steal, kill, and destroy the plan of God over your life. And he wants to take your life. But God said, I'm not finished with you yet. And in that story, Peter left. And when he showed up at the church, guess what? They didn't be boring. They've been praying. I think that's how we're going to be. I think that's how we're going to be, man. I've been praying and praying and praying. And when she walks in and says, I'm going to cancer, I'm going to be like, are you real? <laughs> Have I really been clean a year? Have I really been clean 14 years? I don't know, I'm old. <laughs> Thank God I started this in the garage. I'm not that old. <laughs> I do have a birthday in a couple weeks. Oh, listen, I've been going through some health issues. So just a real funny, real quick, and I'm fixing the clothes. I feel like we'll be. Um, come on, Paul, you want to preach? Thank you, Paul. <laughs> I love Paul and Shay. I love it when they post those funny things on Facebook. I like that loud sometimes. <laughs>
we got inside the hospital, I'm up on the gurney or whatever, and I'm just sitting there like, I'm fine, I can go home now. And he, he looked at me real funny, and I thought, what? And he said, how old did you say you was? And I was like, boy. <laughs> he said, no, no. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not? Yeah, I am. He said, huh, what year was you born? <laughs> I told him what year I was born, and I started looking at my fingers, and I started getting, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not that old. I guess I'm a little bit older than that. Old. I was telling them I was younger than what I was. They didn't believe me that I did that on purpose. I swear, but I was like, I swear I didn't do that. Like, and he was like, yeah, how much you weigh, too? And I was like, no, I don't know how much I weigh. Go ahead and take me off this time, get to the scale. We can go to my art, but then I weigh the other day. We're going to do so. That was extra, that don't cost me that. Um, I think I did though. Yes. Did you know that the Lord's going to deliver you from what you want to do right now? Yes. <coughs> There's victory on the other side. There's good mothers and fathers in this room. There's people that'll be healed in this room. There's people that's going to be walking miracles in this room. And I'm telling you, we're going to get to the other side. And we're going to be happy again. Yes. We're going to be happy again. We're going to live all and we're going to make it. Look, I feel so here right now. I love it. I love being prophetic because I, I can feel that. But I, some of you are like, I think I wish I could just be like that. You can. You can. Do you know what you're looking at right now? The future you. I'm talking to you and I'm talking to you. Yep. As you're looking, you're looking at your future. And I'm very serious. And you think, God, there's no way. Did you know there was a time in my life that I sat in Allen County Detention Center with nine felony count charges? I was looking at 40, I was like at 45 years in penitentiary at that time. They come and they said, uh, this little Tennessean said, uh, Hun, you didn't know you were in the Commonwealth of Kentucky? And I was like, What's that? Like, I didn't even know what Colonel was. Because it's good. Now, whenever you met, you don't believe me with And um, they said, well, you crossed over uh, into the wrong place. Because uh, Judge Loveless wanted to let you know that you're looking at 45 years in the penitentiary in Pee Wee Valley. And I was like, oh, Pee Wee And I, I found out. And I was like, oh, God. And I remember being in just this, this room. Well, that woman right there, that woman hadn't come yet, but I love her too, but that woman right there who's cold, wishing that I would hurry up, and I, I, I'm finishing, I, I love just talking to y'all, I can say everyone, y'all want me to yeah, okay, I'm done after this, but I'll, mom, a shame on you, I'm your little prophet, we don't have to get me up on the side, I'm going to wind up, uh, oh, I'm not. No, I thought it was prophetic. Um, but I remember sitting three rows back, two over from the from the wall, and I remember looking at her and some of the others that was in there, and I never even asked God. But in my heart, I was like, man, I wish I had that. See, the Lord hears your heart, and He makes all the desires of your heart come true. I remember when he lined me up, and all of a sudden I started looking like them, and talking like them, and acting like those sons. It's all good. It's all But I thought, God, you did it. And it's like David in the book of Psalms where it said, he, he even expected me. God was excited. You know I was. I was like, you remember how you can leave me, and then there was like dangling the keys. And like, okay, all right, whatever. But, um, it's going to be like David. And somebody, can somebody look that scripture up where David said, God did it. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Somebody, somebody look that up because mama's just looking at me. God burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So whenever he, he does that, I want to give you this because I want you to take this scripture. And I want you to put it on your mirror. And you're going to look at it and you're going to say one thing I'm going to say. God did it. God did it. God did what I said he would do. God delivered me. 
God got me out of that prison. God created in me a clean, pure heart. God made me. God made me into a new. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. Amen. I'm a new creation. You're not looking at the old way. I can bring her mug in here and you can look at her and say, My God, was that you? And honey, I am not that same old girl. I only pull her out when I need her. And I'm telling you right now that God's going to do it. Everything in your life that looks impossible, God's going to do it. Did you get it? Look, I'm fixing to get up now. I'm close. Does anyone got anything to show you? Yeah, there it is. Who said it? Second Samuel what? That's my girl. Mm -hmm. 2 Samuel 5.20. This was whenever David was up against his enemy and it looked like he was never going to be able to overcome. But all of a sudden there was a rumbling on the top of the trees. And it was the angel of the Lord going out before him and he slew the enemies. And David said, God did it. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Come on, some of you feel like you've been hitting that dam. That dam that's been holding up everything in your life. But I'm telling you, the dam's about to break. And God's going to burst through those hard places in your life. Amen? Alright, I'm done, Sean. Okay. Listen, this isn't normal for me. I don't know what we're going to do. But I'm just going over it. And I'm going to creep. Go on, sit down. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sit down and I'm going to push for about an hour and a half. I love it. But I'm going to tell you something. 
Some of this stuff that's going around to where people are just pushing you down in the floor. And her people's just, can I tell you something? That's for them. Yeah. That's for them. That's not for you. And you're laying down there in that floor. And you're, now listen, I'm telling you this from my own experience. You're laying down there in that floor and you're thinking, do I get up now or do I stay down here? God, I'm not feeling nothing. What do I do? And I've left those places feeling just as broken as I was when I come in on If you really want to become a minister... Get with God and, become, and begin to know His heart for people. That's why Shay's ministry and Paul's ministry is so profitable. Because they're just giving you the Father. They're not trying to make a name for themselves. They're not trying to get you to get up and shout and hoop and holler. They're just trying to love on you. And if tonight didn't prove that, nothing ever will. If tonight does not prove that these people truly love you people, nothing in this world will ever change your mind. I don't even know where all that come from, but anyway. Uh, come here a minute, Shay. I want to ask you something before I say something. My mouth overrides my butt sometimes. It gets me in trouble. I felt like that God had a work for me in Shay. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been wanting to do a work with nobody else. This woman has a true heart for God. Amen. Amen. Has a true heart for God. The Lord told me when I first got this cancer. He said, so live like you're not dying. And I'm like, God, how do you do that? How do you live like you're not dying when they just put a death sentence over your head? And he said, go ahead and make plans. So we did. Me and my husband bought a camper. We're booked up. April's got us booked up to camp. What time we ain't preaching all the way through? I don't know when. I've got a, <laughs> I got a conference coming, a women's conference, that I was in my bed last week. And I'm like, God, I, I messaged April and I said, look, you better get ready to do this retreat. I said, because I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get out of this bed or not. Now listen, y'all are looking and seeing me now. But this is the fourth time that I've been out of my house in a month. And this is the only time that I've been out of my house in a month that I've been able to preach like this. Or stand up and talk or whatever you want to call it. My mama's been staying with me. Thank God for mamas. And I went from my recliner to the bed. From the bed to the recliner. They would push me and say, Mama, get up. You've got to get up. Push yourself and go to church. So I pushed myself and get in the shower. The time I got out, I couldn't go. I was so out of breath, I couldn't go. Pouring sweat, just couldn't go. Finally, last Wednesday, I thought, I'm going to push myself and go. I felt a little bit better. So I thought, I'm going to push myself and go. time I got out of the shower, I had to call April. She had to come. I laid on my bed, and she put makeup on me. And I pushed myself to go. I went back in my bedroom to spend some time with God. And in the middle of me spending time with Him, God gave me a word that He'd give me back in October and told me to preach it. And I'm like, God, I can't even stand up. And I done called John, my son-in-law, and I said, I don't have a message. Go on. Part of that was a pity party. Part of it was me just trying to get out preaching. <laughs> and, um, so I get to church, and I'd be doggone if this woman did not almost preach the message. During singing, she almost preached the message that I was supposed to preach. So I did stand up and preach, but I'll be honest with you, the time I got done, I was like that right there. I couldn't hardly. So tonight... I got out of bed this morning and I told her, I said, I think I'm going to go with you tonight. I love Shay's house. I love this place. I love the people here. I love the true move of God that happens here. And I said, I think I'm going to go with you. So I opened the day. I felt better and better and better. And on the way up here, I told April, and I said, this is the best I felt. 
And I don't know how long. And I still feel that way.
Pretty good singer. Oh, cat man. And I loved that man. I loved him. When me and my husband done an interview, and I told him, I said, cat man, when you get your life straight, I said, you go take me in a crack house. I said, you go take me in a crack house. And I said, me and you are going in there, and we ain't going in packing no Bible. We're going to go in, and we're going to pack some pizzas in, and we're going to feed them people and show them the love of God. And uh, I'm still counting on him. I ain't counting him out yet. So anyway, 2007, there was an altar set there. And the reason I said all that is because if you want to get some prayers through, you find a bunch of addicts that's, been, that's really been in a relationship with Jesus. They got the goods. They got the goods. They're packing. Okay? So I took that piece of paper and I laid it on an altar. And I asked those women. I said, will you come up here? And I've got a dream in my heart that God gave me for a home. And this home's called Hope Center for Women. And I said, I want to open this to the women for free of charge. That they won't pay me nothing. But they'll come and they'll live in this home for a year. And we're just going to fill them full of the love of God and the word of God. And that's going to change them. Some people told me I was crazy. I said, love can change anything. Love can change anybody. So they prayed. And there was this black lady that stood up and she looked at me and she said, Can I tell you something? I said, Yes, ma'am, you can. She said, The Lord told me you'll have that home. And I could feel the doubt. Were you going to believe her? I said, Oh, yeah, I'm going to believe her. And sure enough, that was in 2007. And in October of 2007, I had that home. Now, we have a home that will hold eight girls at a time. And the Lord told me not to make it any bigger than that. Because he wanted it personal. And he wanted it one-on-one. -on -one. And he asked me, he said, Sue, if you can only change one girl a year, are you willing to do it? And can I tell you something? Yes, we will. We'll take one girl a year. Because if we change her, then we might change her mama. And we might change her kids. Okay? Sister and her brother. So here, here's what I want you to pray about. Okay? I'm long-winded. I tell I to shut up so I can get up and talk. <laughs> Listen, this has been the first time I got to talk in a long time. And if you're a preacher, that's hard on you. But I want, most of you guys is from this area, right? I want you to pray about a Hope Center for Women coming here hmm. in this town. Okay? And I really want you to pray about it. I don't want it if it's not God's will. We don't want it. Mayor Shay, neither one don't want it. Okay? But if it's God's will, we want a Hope Center for Women right in the middle of Hopkinsville. And we want to change people's lives. We're not worried about how much money. For the, for the, I can tell you right now, there ain't no money in it. Okay? I've done it for 10 years. There ain't no money in it. But I'm going to tell you something. Every time I look at her up preaching, there's my money. Every 